broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 253. I'm Zonert. And I'm Zoo. And uh, we are actually recording on time for once. It's about time. Yeah, right. you see what I did? <laughs> Podcasting. Isn't it about time? Um, if you're not from Utah, you may not understand that joke. You know who it is about? It is about our sponsors. Our good friends at 4814 Web Hosting. It's totally about them. And without them, we'd be nothing. Exactly. It's about our good friends over at TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, who very soon are going to take over the entire world, you know, once they finally knock off North Korea. Don't mess they're with close. them. Yeah, they're close. They have plans in place. Um, our equally awesome friends over at Open Book Audio. And finally, not last, not least, but last, Stitcher.com. So this is what happens when we record on time. I'm just all over the place. I'm a, hey, I'm a mess. And I don't do anything to really help. I think I just aggravate situations, in all honesty. Yes, yes. You're like a rash. <laughs> There can be good rashes, can't there? Well, sure. Well, good activities that lead to rashes anyway. The rash itself is, would not be... No, no. A rash of good things. Yes. I am a rash of awesome is what I am. Okay. <laughs> so we have a couple um, bits of feedback. I will go first. The first one comes from uh, Feast of Glue, or Feast on Glue. We know Glue. Glue's pretty awesome. He actually wrote twice, so I'll start with the newest one. He goes, I got an email notice from PayPal that says they might have been involved in some class action settlement because they allegedly mishandled some PayPal accounts between April 2006 and November 2015. Did you guys get this email as well? I don't know, Zoner, have you? I have not. Um, but yeah, that's not surprising that they would be involved in some sort of class action lawsuit because for years and years I heard a lot of bad stuff about PayPal and how they were doing their customers. Yeah, what's funny is I haven't gotten anything either, and uh, we we have a PayPal account linked to Stolen Droids, uh, which I use pretty frequently, actually. Um, And no, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. I've been a PayPal customer for years. I've been a PayPal customer since since 1999. Yeah, I mean, I've... Yeah, forever. As long yeah. as I, as long as there's been PayPal, I think I've been there. Mm-hmm. So um, he also wrote again saying, uh, "I personally I like big phones, and he cannot lie." You other brother? No, I'm joking. He just says that he likes big <laughs> phones. Uh, I hate using them, but because they're made, they're such a thing right now. My pants are made with pockets that go up past my wrist. I don't have any other option other than skinny jeans because I'm just a lanky, skinny weirdo. Fair enough. Your predictions are pretty darn ac- usually pretty darn accurate. When do you guys think laptops will just not be sold anymore in most stores? Ten years? Twenty years? Thanks, Clue. That's a good question, actually. I hadn't ever really thought of that. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because you keep seeing a lot of stories as of late how PCs are, like, sales are just dead. They're, they're so on the decline that everyone's kind of writing the PC off, but yet PCs, you know, master race when it comes to gaming are still the, the number one platform for games. So, I, I think you'll never see PCs or laptops not be sold in stores. I, I just, agree. I just don't think you'll see the same types. And you're already starting to see this. You go to Walmart, right? You go to, to Best Buy. Circuit City's making a comeback, strangely. Uh, you go to Staples. You go to any one of these 
uh, specialty stores, you're going to find laptops. However, you'll notice that they're usually kind of the the stripped-down versions. You never see the super high-end laptops at these stores, unless it's an Apple store. Yeah, it's like the $200 uh, HP. Right. It's the one that comes with a free um, Lexmark printer. Oh. Yeah, I know. I said that just for reaction. But it's because it's the demographic they're going to, and that's fine, you know? That's just fine. Um, but I think you're right. I don't think you're going to see a lot of boutique builds anymore that you just see on stores everywhere because people who want that type of PC don't go to Walmart to get it. No, they don't. You know, they buy it online. Or they build it. Yeah, that, that's just kind of how it is. Um, I do think that tablets are definitely taking over that space. But even then, there is the... And here's what's, here's what's really funny about this. I would happily go and buy a laptop sight unseen off the internet. I don't have a problem with that. I would do some research. You know, I'd, I'd look up reviews on different sites or whatnot. But a tablet, I would want to hold. I would want to have at least an idea how it feels first. Even yeah, because, I mean, there's so many just cheap tablets out there. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and I, I, can, totally, I can totally agree with that. And it's, I, I, can't, I can't explain it. I can't quantify it. It's just kind of a funny thing. I want to know how it feels in my hand. I might go to a store that has a slightly different model of the same version of the tablet I want to get and, and check that out there instead. The only way I would go differently is if I just got – it was just a screaming deal. You know, where, hey, look, it's this tablet that I've never seen before in my life, but it has great specs and I can get it for 30 bucks. Yeah, I'll get it. Yeah, you know, sometimes when, depending on the price, I mean, I did that for my kids a few years ago for Christmas, you may I recall. remember, yeah, yeah. I bought some cheap Chinese tablets. They had decent reviews for the price and they worked well until my kids started dropping them repeatedly. Yeah, it's strange what hard impacts with the ground does to, due to uh, technology. You know, it does the same thing with the Nintendo DS. I can't figure it out. Gravity. I know. Sharp, blunt impact. Yeah, exactly. Things no likey that. Um, <laughs> thanks, Glue. We appreciate your emails. Um, Kyle wrote in saying, another host. And I won't, for, for once, I won't read the entire feedback because he actually gives us personal contact information. And I don't think he'd appreciate that. But uh, <laughs> just <laughs> what? saying. What is that called where you give the docs? We, yeah. we could docs, we could docs, docs Kyle. Him. Yeah. Uh, he, he writes, uh, you know that I'm a loyal listener to the shows. Yes, we do. And I love what you guys are doing. It makes me see, sad to see and hear that you are not able to do some of the shows and limit others because of missing personnel. Uh, he's interested in coming on. So, you know, Zoner, you have a big change coming up here. You're actually changing jobs here soon. I am. In fact, uh, Friday was my last day. And I, I can say that knowing that this goes to air on monday so yeah by the time you guys hear this i will be in ohio for 26 do any, days do you have any co-workers who listen to the show just suddenly popping up going wait a minute he's not here <laughs> that could be hilarious that'd be like, very funny you know <laughs> we, i actually we I, thought he was I, sick i i had a, a co-worker who quit a couple weeks ago and one of our salespeople from california called me up like two days after he was gone said, hey, I've been trying to get hold of him. Why is, is he not in the office? Well, he actually quit. Uh, oh, I, I had no clue. They didn't tell us. And she called me today and said, oh, I heard you're quitting. I'm sorry. You know, I've enjoyed working with you and best of luck, that type of stuff. 
I say, you know, I'm honestly kind of surprised that you guys know after what happened with this guy. I, I thought I would just ride off into the sunset in silence. And she said, oh, no, you know, we, we have to do some shifting and stuff with you because... You have work that you're doing, so <laughs> you know it's funny. I've worked at places before when people leave, and like, like my predecessor left at one job, and I've been at the job for like four months, and suddenly someone walks into my office. Wait a minute, where's Chad? I'm like, <laughs> Chad doesn't work here anymore. Since when? Since like four months ago. Well, who are you? I'm Zook. I'm IT now. Well, when did that happen? Four months ago. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, Kyle is offering to come on. And you know what? We'll probably have him on. I think he's been on an episode of SD Files with you before, hasn't he? Uh, no, that was that was Nathan, actually. Oh, that was Nathan. Okay. Yeah, we and, only have and, like three fans, and we kind of get your guys' names mix, mixed up sometimes. <laughs> we get you confused. It's like with your kids. You can't tell which name is supposed oh, wait a minute. to be. No, no, no. We kid. have four fans. We do. We, we do, because we have Ruff. We haven't heard Ruff for a while. So I don't know if he's been abducted or, or uh, there was a Cuban hit squad sent out after him. Maybe something we said just pissed him off to the point where he's like, nope, can't even deal with these idiots anymore. I can't even all the things right now, right? Yes. 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 No, because if we had pissed him off, I'm sure he would have left a four-paragraph-long novel on our Facebook. You mean like this other one that we received? I will let you read that one. <laughs> Remember to censor yourself. I, I will, Kyle. Thanks for the feedback. Yes, thank you guys for the feedback. Um, okay, so we got some feedback on our um, Facebook page from Steve Ill. Yeah, just Steve. Steve. Just Steve. Just Steve. Steve Ill. I, I like that. Steve Ill. That's cool. Steve Knievel. I love it. <laughs> Let's go with that. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Steve Ill. <laughs> okay, I get that. I'm like. What the crap kind of name is that? But okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so this is in regards to episode 252, uh, which is called The Stupid List. Uh, you might recall we talked about passwords and we talked about um, people slow to adopt technology. Yeah, that, that was like the last 10, 12 minutes of the show was me kind of talking about the holdouts really ruining stuff. But uh, yes. we'll, we'll get to that in a moment here. Go ahead and read. So, okay, uh, his, his feedback is as follows. You guys rag on XP users and other slow adopters, but do you even listen to your own show? How many Windows 10 problems with security, privacy, and updates that break people's machines have you reported on? Why would anyone in their right mind not want to jump on it not wait to jump on a new operating system or other piece of flashy but untested technology. You guys may have perfectly valid purposes for buying a new computer or phone every six months. Your jobs may require it, or you may even think it's fun. But average people want to buy a solution for their needs and then never have to deal with or pay for it again. Jumping on new technology isn't everyone's hobby or interest or lifestyle. You guys may have the money to afford being bleeding-edge early adopters, but not everyone has a high-paying tech industry job like you. You perpetuate the stereotype out of out-of-touch IT professionals who have new, no clue what end users are really going through. Just because you can build your own computer, rewrite your kernels, or even just get a Linux distribution working doesn't mean everyone can. Can you really not empathize with the common person? The average person doesn't want to deal with this breaky, crappy new stuff. If and when the bugs are worked out, they'll adopt it. It's not their fault the accepted practice is to roll out betas of software as the end product and then take years to patch the half-assed mess that software engineers unleash on the world. But they've gotten wise to it, and can't. And I can't blame the XP hangers-on for doing what they do. P.S. I demand to see pictures of a man with child-sized hands. I think he's referring to me. 
uh, in that. Do you have child-sized hands? Uh, my 11-year-old's hands are almost as large as mine. Well, and that he is technically a child, so I guess, yeah, that'd be accurate. Yeah, it, it's pretty weird how tiny my hands are. It's, but to it's, be fair, when I was 11, my hands were this size. My hands have not grown. I, I, I do like how you hold that up so I can see, but nobody with just earbuds in can. I love also how it's just closer to the, to the camera, so it's like twice the size of my head. Yeah, it, it really is twice the size of your head. You might want to get that looked at. It's... It's probably some sort of medical condition. Now, before I go on, I just wish to insert uproarious laughter right here. (laughs) Thank you. Now, okay, so I have been told by my truest and dearest friend in the world, Schmitty. Schmitty is like a brother to me. He and I have known each other since middle school. We've been friends since right after high school. Um you know, we go way back. And he can tell me, he can he he can take me aside and say, Zook, you're being kind of a douche. You know, and he has told me that on many occasions that I have a tendency to come across as demeaning, that I use vocabulary and verbiage that makes it sound like I am being condescending or speaking down to others, which coincidentally is what condescending means. That is not intentional. <laughs> that's, that's not intentional. That is that's the way I talk. That's the way I explain things. Uh, that's the way I make light of things. In fact, a lot of it is comes from an effort to not come across as condescending. I try and make light of certain things. That being said, I recognize that I may come across as demeaning. So, with that in mind, I promise that I will not out loud call you an idiot. Steedle. I promise I will not call you an idiot out loud. Okay? So, that, that out of the way. Yes. I listen to every single one of our podcasts, even the ones I'm not on. 253 episodes out in the internet, plus this one will make 254. I've listened to every single one. I've listened to every single generic geek podcast, SD Files, Moving Picture Show, and Squishy's Comics and Movies. I even listen to every single one of our Starfleet Academy, including the ones never released. Because it was only 75% done. It's really weird to hear a podcast where an entire audio stream is missing. It's kind of hilarious, though. So, (laughs) the question I have to shoot back at you with perhaps a hint of malice is, were you listening to that episode? Because in it, Zahner and I freely admit that he and I are both early adopters. That's what we are. We're early adopters. And we realize that the mainstream isn't. Otherwise, we would be called mainstream. So by definition, we can't be mainstream because we are early adopters. Okay, so we're all on board there. Point the second. You can't say high-paying tech industry job because unless you're Elon Musk or Marissa Meyer, you don't have a high-paying tech industry job. (laughs) That is true. We're kind of like digital janitors. No, no, no not even Zoner. Zoner's higher up because he's a project manager. I'm a digital janitor. <laughs> I, I deal with everyone's crap down in the trenches. You really do. You yeah. really do. And I'm the director. Okay. Point the third. The laptop I'm currently doing this on, the laptop I do everything on, is running Windows 10. Actually, the first major update, so build 1151 of Windows 10 64-bit. Before that, it was running Windows 8.1. Before that, it was running Windows 8. Before that, Windows 7. And before that, Windows Vista. This is a six-year-old machine. 
I'm not an early adopter because I go out and buy everything because I can't afford to. I'm an early adopter because I push my hardware and my software to its bloody limits by taking on additional features, updates, upgrades, tweaking things wherever I can. In fact, I pointed out in last episode the whole reason I got into tech was because I couldn't afford the nice things. And so I made the effort to learn how to change things and push them past their point, the point they were intended for. My phone, my phone is over two years old. Yes, I realize two years old is still a very first world view of things. I can't say, well, this is the oldest phone in existence because it's only two years old. And it is starting to break. You know, I've been hard on this one. I think I need a new phone. Again, first world problem. I get it. Yeah, my phone's two years old as well. And I have no intention of upgrading it anytime soon because I freaking love my phone. Zoner's phone is actually like three generations old. Yeah, T- I, two, I'm running two, a, yeah. I'm running Here's the a Nexus, Nexus 5. 5. Yeah, Nexus so they 5. had the 6 and they had the 6P. Yeah, and there was the 5, 5X? Yeah, but that's in the same generation as the 6P. So we'll count it uh, as yeah. two generations. Yeah, so so yeah, there's been two phones come out since I got mine. My laptop, four generations old. My tablet was $50. So you can imagine what incredible tech it has. Okay? We're not early adopters because we go out and buy all the latest stuff. We're early adopters because we push what we have past its manufacture point. The final point, and the point that proves you didn't have a clue what you were talking about in that entire diatribe. And yes, I'm getting personal on this. Because reading that message over and over and over again, you mentioned that we shouldn't be so harsh on people running Windows XP because maybe they want to wait until developers have some time to work the bugs out of their software before upgrading. Windows XP came out August 24th, 2001. I think they've had some time. In fact, I think they've had so much time that all the developers have moved on to other things. I can say that confidently because Microsoft has officially announced they're not working on it anymore. When did they in support? Was that last year or was yeah. that 2014? That was the year before. That was the year before, yeah. So support has been, now been done for over a year. And okay. they kept extending the support as a favor to people, not because they wanted to. Yeah. They've had, what, four operating systems, four versions of Windows come out since Windows XP? Vista 7, uh, 8, 8.1, and 10. Uh, 4, 4.5 if you're getting technical. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like we're saying these people have a valid reason for being on XP. Because at this point, there is no valid reason for being on XP other than you're a, a holdout. Which yeah. is the point we were making. Yeah. Now, I can understand that maybe I've used the wrong term, and I will admit that when I was coming up with the term, I really was just thinking on the fly. Perhaps holdout is the wrong term, because yes, I can understand holding out on Windows 10. Okay, A mainstream person would hold out on Windows 10 saying, you know, I'm not really sure about that. I think I'll stick with my Windows 7 or my Windows 8. Because they're holding out, but they're not necessarily a quote-unquote holdout. They're mainstream. So I can I can admit that, yes, that's probably the wrong term. What's the right term? I don't know. Zoner had a suggestion. Luddite? <laughs> but I do think that's demeaning. And you know what, Stephen? We're not trying to demean you. So we're not calling you a Luddite. Just saying. Now, he also brings up that people want to buy something and not have to worry about paying for it again. 
And I kind of brought that up last episode where I said that there's a very good chance that people were simply tired of having to constantly pay for upgrades every six months. I get that. I totally get that. Um, I think product cycles are way too fast. I think software cycles need to be faster. I think product cycles need to be slower. You know, I think that you should be able to buy a phone and expect it to last two years. And in that two years, it gets multiple software upgrades instead of this crap thing we're on right now. At least Android's on iOS. That's one thing that Apple does very well. You can buy an iPhone, keep it for two years and know that you will get every version of iOS that comes out after it uh, up to a certain point. Yep. And that's, that's one thing that Android just cannot do. Well, Google's got it down with the Nexus devices. I will say that. Most of the time. 90% of the time they do. Yes, you're right. Um, But all the rest of them are absolutely guilty of that. So, you know, that's very true as well. But to, to buy something and not expect to have to maintain it in some way, be it financially or in any other way, is just sheer... Nativity. I'm mispronouncing that, but I'm just kind of flustered. Naivete. Thank you. I'm just kind of flustered right now. When you buy a house, is that it? Do you never have to do any upkeep? When you buy a car, is that it? Is that your only car you're ever going to buy and you never have to maintain it or or upgrade any part of it? That's actually a very good analogy. Your technology is no different. I mean, your house and your car are your technology. See, I think that's where people, I think that's where this disconnect may be, though, because there's a lot of people who purchased some sort of technology and, you know, like Apple, it just works, allegedly. Uh, They just want it to work and they expect it to work and work and work until they don't need it to work anymore. Yeah. I mean, come on, people have some pride of ownership here. You, you, and, and for anyone out there in the, within the sound of my voice who says that, well, you know, my, my house isn't technology. Yeah, tell that to the dude living in a yurt. You know, I lived in South Africa. During apartheid, yes, we know. I lived in Lesotho. <laughs> I have seen low-tech houses, like cardboard wall, dirt floor, low-tech. Yeah, our, our houses here are, are tech. <laughs> they are high-tech. So I... If you are someone out there using Windows XP, get off of it. If you're someone out there who is easily impressed with a Chevy commercial, which is the whole reason we brought this point up in the first place, because Chevy wants you to buy a $40,000 vehicle based on an advertisement for a $200 stereo using technology that's been around in one form or another for five years. Yeah. That's just silly. That's just beyond silly. And actually, this segues nicely into our first headline about the FCC and cable boxes. Before we move on to that, I, I want to just leave, I want to say the final word here, and then, Zahner, you can give your, your, your 50 cents. We've often joked on this show that Schmitty is five years ahead of the curve. He is. He just is. He talks about things with me, and he brings ideas up, and I think, this guy's insane. I don't know if he's really thinking this through. I don't really know if he understands. And then three years later, I come come to him with something, and he goes, yeah, I know. I told you about this three years ago. I started working on it. Okay? I'm three years ahead of the curve. Schmidt's five. I'm three. The companies out there who are making their tech and selling it to you and advertising it to you, they are totally in tune with the curve. They are happily selling you overpriced crap because they know that you're willing to pay for it. They are catering to the curve. 
instead of driving the curve forward like they should. Go ahead, Lana. Well, just a couple things that I want to address. Steve, thank you, though, for this feedback. I absolutely love the fact that you called us out, and, you know, thank you. If anybody else wants to, go for it, because, you know, we love this kind of stuff. Uh, he does make a couple points, though, here. Um, he says that we perpetuate the stereotype of out-of-touch IT professionals who have no clue what end users are going through. Guess what? We are end users. We may be IT pros. We may be in the industry, but we are end users. We know exactly what end users are going through because we go through it ourselves. We just have a different perspective on it and a, I don't know, greater understanding, I guess you could say, because of our training, because of our experience, because of whatever. Um, when he says, can you really not empathize with the common person? Yes, we can. And we do because that's our job. If Zook were to go to a uh, one of the employees that he supports, goes into their office and just starts berating them or starts just mocking them, it's not going to end well for Zook. We need as IT professionals to be able to put ourselves in their shoes and be able to see things from their perspective or else we don't stay employed very long. Um, talking about, uh, where was it? Talking about um, companies rolling out betas of software as the end product and then taking years to patch. Yeah, some companies do that. I've been in beta for a long time. I know all about companies that do that and I know all about companies that don't do that. EA, they couldn't care less. They'll throw crap out there. Ubisoft, they've done it too. You know, though, there are a lot of companies out there that work very, very hard in beta and in alpha and in pre-alpha and in customer acceptance testing to get their devices and their products working well. It as, doesn't, as, as well as possible. Yes. Obviously, something could come up. You never know. I mean... Toyota has recalls all the time. I mean, it happens. Stuff goes wrong. But these companies don't make money if they roll out crap. You look at Logitech with their Logitech TV a few years ago that they rolled out. It was a complete disaster to the point where it almost destroyed the company. I have inside knowledge of that because I was working very closely with Logitech in their beta program at the time. I'm not going to go into any great details, but I know that doing stuff like that screws companies up big time to the point where they may never recover. And so it is in the company's best interest to not roll out buggy product. It's in their best interest to roll out something that consumers will not return three days after purchasing it because it just doesn't work. So just keep that in mind. You know, kind of rag on these people. I'm not... I'm not a software developer. I'm I'm just a project manager that runs this crap. But I do have a perspective that I don't think you do, Stevel. And so, you know, just trying to, to help you understand a little bit better. But again, thank you for the comments. We do appreciate them. And hopefully, you know, you'll continue to listen because we do appreciate you listening and we do value you as a listener. Yes. I also would like to point out, I don't think we've actually talked about Windows 10 much, except to say of the different numbers it's hit, and yes, a slight driver problem that happened to Schmitty's computer with it. But I, I, yeah, I don't think there's been many issues with Windows 10. Windows Vista, on the other hand, oh boy. But I think 7, 8, 8.1, and 10 have all been fairly stable from what I've seen. Okay, so into this headline. This one's kind of interest to me, interesting to me and near and dear to my heart. You see, cable companies... K 
cable companies would like to would like you to believe that you can't get any service without their cable boxes. They need you to use their cable boxes and only their cable boxes and pay a monthly fee. Or, hey, maybe they'll be really generous and let you have your cable box for free. Of course, their service is not free. It's going to be actually bumped up $10, $15 a month for such wonderful service. But the truth is it's actually not the case at all. Uh, we brought it up either in last show or in the show before that there's an actual FCC rule that says that so long as something is technologically compatible with it and doesn't interfere with the service, you can bring your own stuff to the service. I think that was last week when we were talking about um, Comcast freaking out about people bringing their own modems into the picture. Yep, yep. Now, the FCC is now going after cable companies for the same reason, saying people should have the right to buy their own cable boxes. And the cable companies are fighting back, saying no, because we can't guarantee service, and most people would never want to be dealing with that. Uh, It's too difficult. It's technologically implausible. You know, me with my high-paying technology industry job, I have a tiny little flat screen TV from, oh, six years ago, okay? Giant scratch in one corner. Only two HDMI inputs. Um, the, the lower corner is fading. It has an M card input. If you don't know what that means, it's a cable card. I can put a cable card into that and immediately stream the high-definition protected content from my cable provider, should I want. No cable box needed. It's built into the TV. Yeah, I have TiVo's. And I actually did that when I was still a cable customer. I went and I paid for cable cards each month. It was like six bucks a month or some insane amount for just the signal. Yeah. Um, my uh, I, I just went out and picked up an external cable card tuner for my media center, which I, I've brought up repeatedly. It was 100 bucks. It hooks into the network. Any computer on my network can see this three-tuner machine. And I got a cable card from my cable company for free because my cable company's awesome. Uh, and so, yeah, I get all the protected content. No cable box needed. So I'm interested to see how far this goes. Now, again, not, not to belabor a point here, not to beat this dead horse, but the cable companies would have you believe, like I already said, that not only do you need this, you need their cable box, but hey, isn't it just such a deal that they're letting you have this high piece of technology? Look, 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 it has DVR capabilities. Look, isn't this awesome? It has the hopper where it allows you to skip commercials. Hey, check this out. Isn't this awesome? You can actually watch it on your iPad and all you have to do is upgrade your service and pay the extra $100 a month for their, for their box. Ooh, Aren't you only lucky? 100? Only 100 What kind of vast utopia is this? How could you not do that? This is what I was talking about with companies trying to sell commonplace or mediocre technology and pass it off as the next big thing. Everything I've just said can be done for a fraction of the price. Yes, early adopters such as myself have been doing it for years for free, legally. But even now, mainstream people can do it. Okay? The Roku. The Roku is an insane little piece of kit. I, I don't love even know the Roku. You love Roku. You have one, right? I have multiple. I have a Roku TV. I've got a handful of Roku 2s, handful of Roku 3s. I freaking love them. At one point, I think I had five televisions in my house, each with a Roku on it. Now, don't include the Roku TV in this because it comes with a TV, obviously, but add up all the other Rokus you have. And how much do you think you've spent 
total on them? Um, I would have spent probably less than probably less than five hundred dollars. Less than five hundred dollars, or five months of that fancy cable box that they're trying to sell you. Yes. Now, of course, his honor is honor, so he got it from a friend of a friend who who knows a box that fell off a truck. But I'm, I'm just saying. It's it's this kind of crap that cable companies and phone companies and everyone else have been trying to shove down your throats. And I'm happy to see the FCC standing up to it. I, I'm yeah. kind of surprised by it, actually, but hey. I kind of am, too, because, you know, Comcast and, and NBC, which is Comcast, you know, these big media companies, they tend to have the FCC in their pocket. Now. So, so I'm really surprised that the FCC is kind of going out there and saying, well, you know, too bad. <laughs> it, it's 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 really funny because Tom Wheeler used to be a lobbyist for the cable companies. Yeah, wasn't he with Comcast? He was with Comcast. And when he was first first announced as the chairman of the FCC, we gave him a lot of guff. Everyone gave him a lot of guff because it was just kind of laughable. But uh Dude, I'm happy to eat crow. The guy's been doing good work. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't complain too much at this point. Now, this does raise an interesting question though, okay? Many people are happy to pay a monthly rental fee for a piece of equipment they don't have to maintain. I get that. It's kind of the same idea with leasing a car, right? Or or renting a condo. You use it, you get to use it, but you don't you're not responsible for the upkeep of it. Okay, so this probably won't appeal to them a whole lot. What about for the other people, the people who want to own it? Currently, no one makes a cable set-top box other than TiVo. Are you sure? I'm fairly certain. There's plenty that make DVRs, but I'm talking an actual purpose-built cable box. Okay. Logitech made one. That uh, yeah, Hewlett Packard made one, but really they were all Windows Media Center machines. Um, TiVo makes one, yeah. TiVo makes a bunch. I know Sony wants to get in on it. I, there's a handful of companies who want to get in on this action. Can you imagine LG making a Web OS cable box? That'd suddenly, awesome. suddenly every TV that is hooked up to this thing is a smart TV. That's or. Brilliant. Hey, even Apple. Hey, Apple. Wow. The Apple TV could actually be an Apple TV. See, I don't think Apple wants to get in on the the whole cable box thing, though. I think they're kind of going the Roku route and bypassing the cable. Only because they had to. Yeah, that's true. With this, this opens the door again. Microsoft could come back with a new version of Media Center. Roku could expand and be able to handle actual airwaves and licensing this way i should ask some of my contacts at roku what they think about this see if i can get any insights yeah so to speak just saying (laughs) hey um into some other news about uh, another pioneer with tv remember aereo he's not even on this show right now and just having said that he just got a chill up his spine i know it (laughs) did he get a chill up his spine or did he punch a wall out of anger did you just say titty get (laughs) 
I said, did he get? I swear that's did. not what you said. Okay, we'll, okay, let's just talk about titties then. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll catch it in post anyway. <laughs> no, we won't. Hashtag never catch it, catch it in post. So if you need a refresher, Aereo was a service that promised to stream over-the-air content over the internet to you using your own dedicated antenna in their data center. It was deemed illegal by the Supreme Court. Um, not a real popular decision, but they had no choice but to shut doors. Well, the founder is back with a new idea. Well, it's not even a new idea, but it's a new venture, and it's millimeter wave wireless internet. Millimeter band waves, or millimeter waves, uh, it's military technology. It's what they use for their close um, circuit communications on battlefields. It's pretty cool. Yes. And the idea is, is that fiber can go into a base station... And every subscriber within, like, a two-kilometer range has one of these antennas on their roof or on some high area or on your window. And using that is able to then get Internet to the home wirelessly. Uh, They're currently, I think, taking pre-orders. It would include, if you sign up now, it's $350 just for the equipment. It includes an antenna and one of their specialized routers. We're talking full gigabit speeds. That's all really cool. There's some slight hiccups. First off, we don't know what the monthly cost is going to be. Second off, this has been tried before. Uh, in 2000, 2001, um, when AT&T broadband internet first came on the scene and everyone was talking about how awesome cable was and it was a cable versus DSL, I don't know how it was in the rest of the U.S., but here in Utah, Sprint joined the mix. They joined the mix with their wireless internet. If ever you go to someone's house and you see a really tall antenna with a diamond-shaped plate on it facing one particular direction, chances are really good that's an internet antenna. And it's facing towards one of their base stations. Now, of course, this wasn't millimeter wave tech, right? This was radio signals. This was just general radio usage. So it was older. It's 16 years ago. The technology wasn't as good, but it had some of the same problems. It requires line of sight. It is impacted by weather. If anyone builds anything between you and the base station, you're cut off. So, Which is really bad. And there are still some wireless providers I know of here in Utah. Mm-hmm. And, like, my boss, he was with one, loved it, had to had to switch because somebody built something in between him and the tower, and he couldn't get the speeds he needed. Yeah. Um, my, I, I have family down in Texas, and they use wireless internet. Of course, theirs is crap. Uh, with a capital C, uh, they're the ones who get like 0.25 down during peak hours. It's insane. And that's their broadband. That's their high-speed internet. Yeah, 250 kilobits a second. That's just sad. Yeah, it's horribly sad. So, I don't know. I'm excited for this because it's certainly easier than running fiber everywhere. And the founders quick to point out that fiber is awesome. And fiber everywhere would be the ideal solution but that he doesn't see it happening without government involvement. And he's right. Because, and if I'm sounding like a broken record here, there's a reason. Companies are perfectly happy to charge you out the nose for old tech. Yep. And see, I don't like the idea of the government being involved in this. But I, I don't either, but that's, that's what me. it would take. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're going to need subsidies. I mean, you look at like solar industry and all these other tech industries 
they need government subsidies to survive because there's just not enough people adopting them. And it's, oh, it sucks. I, yeah. I don't like the government involved in any aspect of my life, let alone something as big and as important as my internet. But, you know, are you going to wait for Comcast to go, you know what? We really should get internet uh, fiber out to the Zoner household. They've been waiting long enough for it. Fiber's cheap enough now. It's fa- pretty fast. It's re- low maintenance. We should do that. Versus, you know what? We should uh, increase his data speed by another megabit down. Say it's a special offer, and in 90 days, we're going to increase it to another $15. CenturyLink ran fiber out to me. <laughs> and I left Comcast for CenturyLink because of it. Yeah. Yay, free market. That, that, yeah, that's voting with your dollars. Um, speaking of dollars, Microsoft has released their fourth quarter uh, fiscal report from 2015. No real surprises in it. Well, no, I take that back. One surprise. First off, the Surface is up in sales. Microsoft Surface is raised 29% year over year, and that's pretty good. And it's nothing we didn't call or expect. Um, I know a lot of naysayers have said that the Microsoft Surface is just crap, it's them trying too hard, it's unstable, it's not usable, no one wants it. Well, then why is everyone making copies? Just saying. Yep. Um, also not a surprise, the, the Lumia phone is down 49%. Ow. That someone hurts. shoot that dog. Um, and again, we can tell it's a failure because no one is making copies. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen with Windows phones? Are they just going to go away? Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I think they are. And at least in the sense that we know them now, I see Microsoft taking what they've learned from the phone and rolling it harder and harder into Windows 10. You already see it, in fact. My Windows 10 tablet, when it got the upgrade, the People app turned into basically a copy of the phone one. I got a phone app on my tablet. And if I tweak it, it could integrate with Skype. And I'll bet you in another update, I won't even need to tweak it. It'll just do it. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's a lost cause for them. I really do. I wanted to see them succeed. I wanted to see them hold out. But the growth there has just been so slow. And I think that they've reallocated resources over to their tablet and Windows 10 division, their mobile apps. Okay. And you know what? So be it. You know, they've had other projects fail. Using my Windows 10 tablet, my Windows 10 laptop, and my Xbox One in harmony together has been epic. And if on all that they couldn't get the phone to fit into the ecosystem in a lasting way, hey, you know what? I'll take what I can get. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of sad, though, because I know so many people, yourself included, who had Windows phones who absolutely loved them. Oh, yeah. They, they swore by them. They were uh, great hardware great software everything about them was good but they just could not get a a foothold and i remember i think it was when i purchased my galaxy s3 and i remember going into the verizon store at the time and they were pushing the lumia phones and the sales guy was just pimping it hard and i still went with android i'm an android guy i like android i'm deep in the google ecosystem to the point where it terrifies me and I think that that really, you know, you've got these people so dedicated to iOS or so dedicated to Android, there's just no room for, for Windows in the market at this point. Well, I, I'll tell you what, when I got my Windows phone, my Windows phone was actually low-end. It was a low-end device. 
mid mid end. It was a middle device, really, but uh, I considered it low end. It wasn't it wasn't a super phone. It wasn't a flagship, uh, and in fact, after three months, it wasn't even supported anymore. But it beat everything else on the market down. It was heads and shoulders above them. You know, people will argue that with me, but the fact is, is that I still have it. And other than the fact that it has a wonky uh, charging connector, and it doesn't always take charge, we we use it as our home phone now. It still can go toe to toe with many phones. The problem is, is that in that same amount of time, Google was just able to upgrade and keep changing Android over and over. It's so much more agile. They were so much faster with their development that Android now has features that leave my Windows phone behind in the dust. You know, it. Microsoft had a real shot, and I don't know what went wrong, but something went wrong, and they just were not able to keep up. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I, I would love to know what kind of has happened behind the scenes with all of that. Indeed. Um, the surprise I was referring to earlier was Microsoft's cloud services. Cloud services are way up. They've made tons of money on that. And it's hard to, you know, not see how or why. I mean, it turns out people are really, really, really happy with the idea of an office in the cloud subscription. Probably not least of which is because for no additional money, they just upgraded everyone from Office 2013 to Office 2016 for free. Ooh, I should check and see if I've got upgrades. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's that's a pretty good reason right there. That is. Um, it, it's just... <laughs> I'm kind of surprised, though, because as much as I love Microsoft, and if you've listened to this show any amount of time, you know I'm the Microsoft fanboy. At the same time, it's kind of like a Red Sox fan, you know? You love the Red Sox. You want them to do well, but you kind of know they're going to break your heart. No, that would be the, the Cubs. Yes, well, the, the Cubs. Cubs are just a four. No one loves the Cubs. Um, oh. The Blackberry of the, <laughs> the baseball world. People in Chicago love their Cubs, man. People in the Chicago don't listen to our podcast. I know. I have the analytics to prove it. <laughs> um, so as much as I love Microsoft, as many good products as they make, I always kind of know in the back of my head that it's only a matter of time before they completely screw this up. You know, And I really thought that was going to happen here, too. But evidently, it's not. Not only were they able to meet Google on their own terms, they've been able to push Google back and make money doing it. Which is is cool, yeah. And I and I say this as a director of IT because we use both Office three sixty five in our office and we use Google Apps for for business. The Google Apps for business are a hot mess. They are horrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have I, I've used them quite extensively over the last few years, and they do lack in certain areas. I will say that. Uh, yes, only a few areas, I'll admit that, but they happen to be key areas that you kind of need. <laughs> look, look, this car is only missing a couple parts. Sure, it's the wheels, but, I mean, we got 97% of it done. What else do you want? Yeah. Um, okay, into some, hey, let's go into other Microsoft news, actually. It's not Microsoft news so much as it is really old fogey news. That's not offensive at all. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not trying to be ber- demeaning, but Bernie Sanders, the guy who sued his own political party, the guy who went after Wikipedia for talking about him, because, you know, they're an encyclopedia, is now saying 
that he doesn't trust Microsoft with the Iowa poll numbers. Microsoft offers this polling service because of their Azure computing platform. Um, he instead had his campaign build their own. On one hand, that's kind of impressive. On the other hand, is anyone else supposed to trust theirs? Yeah, I'm wondering what the... what. Yeah, I mean, how trustworthy are they at that point? Now, he claims that he doesn't trust Microsoft because, historically, Microsoft has donated money to Hillary Clinton's campaign. This is true. To the tune of, I want to say, $200,000. Also true, however, is the fact that Microsoft has actually contributed to a lot of campaigns. Like, a whole lot of campaigns. It's kind of in these companies' best interest to hedge their bets, you know? They kind of contribute to all campaigns. Yeah, it's it's advantageous to them to have everyone in their pocket as opposed to just one or two people in their pocket. That being said, is has he not like been to Earth in the last 50 years? Guess what? Seiko also does all the timekeeping at the Olympics, but it doesn't mean that they are the ones who are also screwing with the numbers at the Olympics. It doesn't serve any purpose for them to do it. It's their credibility on the line. Well, and if you think about it, it's the politicians who are going to rig the elections anyways. It's not going to be a software company. Never mind the fact that who cares about the poll numbers? Yeah, well, it, you don't get to become the president of the U.S. based on poll numbers in a state. As important as Iowa is because of the inequity of the collegiate, uh, you know, the electoral college system, Iowa voters are worth more in Iowa, frankly. Um, But it's votes that count, not polls. Yeah. Now, their big thing is, the the people in his campaign are saying, well, how can you trust them? They're giving away the service for free. How can you trust them? Again, I would say, have you not been to planet Earth? This time I'd say in the last 20 years. Because you can sign up for an email account right now for free. Well, I think that's interesting and quite telling, though, that he doesn't believe that anybody should be doing anything for free. The guy's a freaking socialist. Everybody should be getting stuff for free. What? Where's his problem? Um, I think his problem is that he just doesn't understand tech. <laughs> I mean, he wants to... You look at all the stuff that he's promising for free, by his logic, everybody's in a lot of trouble if he's giving away stuff for free. Well, we should counter with that. Why would you be giving this away for free? Doesn't that seem suspect to you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We should, we should probably not go too deep, though, because, you know, politics and me and... No, this is just kind of old fogey. <laughs> I mean, this is Professor Farnsworth-level hilar- hilarity for me. It, it okay. really is. It's, it's, it's not a good sign. I find it very interesting that so many 20-somethings are desperately backing this guy when he has no clue how the world of a 20-something actually works. Yeah. Yeah. No, the 20-somethings should have been voting for Ralph Nader if they had known what was up, you know, all those years ago. The 20-somethings were like eight-somethings. <laughs> good, good point. Um, okay, so into some kind of confusing news. I honestly wish Schmitty was here because I'm not really sure what to make of this. Google says they have fixed chrome for ios evidently chrome was crashing all the time it was really hard to work in um and they fixed it they've released a code fix to chrome 
That's not a problem anymore. Simultaneously, like almost at the same minute, Apple announced that they had fixed an issue that was causing the Internet in general to crash on all iOS devices. So I don't know if one of them is trying to claim that they fixed it when it was actually the other. I don't know if Apple finally fixed iOS and fixed this bug and Google said, hey, it's not crashing anymore. I guess that means we fixed it and released that. It's madness. Um, I, no idea there. No idea. Oracle has finally decided to pull the plug on the Java plugin. Not Java in general. Java is used for a lot of things. But the Java plugin um, for, oh, geez. It's basically just following since Chrome, Firefox, Edge, and Safari uh, all stopped supporting different types of plugins like that. Yeah, it's it's a huge security vulnerability. It's probably for the best that they're getting rid of it. Yeah. Um, what are we going to use instead? Well, most sites actually already use um, HTML5 or AJAX. Now, now and, and this is where I wish we had Schmitty because Java is not the same as JavaScript. JavaScript is a programming language. Java is an actual plugin which can run JavaScript, but other things can run JavaScript as well. I think I'm explaining that correctly. And if not, please let me know uh, with a, a huge post on Facebook. <laughs> also unsafe, not just Java, Apple is doing a massive recall for power adapters. Not in the U.S., thankfully. Uh, but if you happen to have a Apple AC adapter in Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Europe, New Zealand, and South Korea, and it happened to to buy it, I don't know, sometime between 2003 and 2015. It's the two-prong ones. Yeah. Um, they're issuing a recall because it it could go hoverboard on you, basically. It could just blow up and... Yeah, I think that they said that there is a very slight chance that you could get shocked. I don't see them issuing a recall if it's a very slight chance. I think we've got people like going to unplug their iPhone getting hit with the surge of electricity and flying across the room backwards type of jolt. Now, that being said, um, you'd have to think that if a two-prong adapter from 2003 had issues, we would have heard about it by now. So this is probably equal parts of there is credible threat, but also they're trying to be safe. Yes. You know, a recall going back that far, that, that's pretty... Cars don't get recalled that far back. You know, do they... How many power adapters do you still have from 2003? For your phone or for your electronics? From 2003, none of them would fit my phone or electronics Yeah, anymore. I don't think I've got anything that would... Anything that's still around. Well, it's mainly just because we're so cutting edge. <laughs> we're early adopters on those new new plugs you know, you know that running joke we always find one running joke every episode this is it um we need to go very quickly here so just so you know there's other headlines we're not going to be able to get to check out the show notes for them um they've taught ai to beat us at a board game which is huge if you're into ai and not so huge if you are anyone else on the planet but just know that while the terminator is mowing you down and chasing you up a ladder it can also beat you at a board game Yes. Judgment Day is nigh. <laughs> Judgment Day meets family game night. Uh, <laughs> Apple is trying to get into our schools. We know how well that went with the uh, unified Los Angeles school districts. So I don't see that going anywhere. 
Windows is possibly going to be putting TripAdvisor software onto Windows 10 installations. That makes me see red. I'm not happy about that. Windows comes with bloat already, but it's always Microsoft bloat. No, it's always it's always manufacturer bloat. No, no, okay. If you take a fresh installation of Windows 10 right now, it automatically comes with MSN Finance, you know, um, MSN um, Sports, News, Weather. Yeah, that, that is true. You know, food and fitness, travel. And you can uninstall them, not a problem. I don't have a problem with that because it's Microsoft and I bought a Microsoft product. Yes. Now, however, I do have a problem with them putting other people's stuff in there, other advertisements. And maybe I shouldn't because on the flip side of that, it's not like I exactly paid anything for Windows 10. Yeah, I mean, it was a free upgrade, so I guess there's that justification, but... I would advise Microsoft to tread very carefully here. It doesn't take long for people to get really tired of buying your stuff when you load it with bloatware. Just ask HP. Yep. Um, And the last headline... You know, I'm not even going to do the last headline. I'll let you have that for a generic geek podcast. Okay, sounds good. Excellent. Okay, my favorite this week comes from, well, it comes from the past, evidently. I actually never caught up on this, um, but I found it this week, and I love it. It's a comedy sketch about the expert. If you have ever been an expert in anything and have been asked to come in to a meeting to explain something, this movie, this video will probably cause you great pain before you just break down and laugh. Uh, I know I've had meetings like this many times. Zahner has had many, many meetings like this. And his new job, he'll have even more, where a consultant firm, a consultancy firm, is brought in, and they bring in their expert to help a client. They want seven red lines, three of them with green ink, and two of them with transparent ink. And they want them to all be perpendicular to each other. And the expert is expert enough to know that's not physically possible in any universe. And hilarity ensues because everything that they say, I have heard in a meeting. Yes, it. <laughs> I watched that, and I I thought of one client in particular, and it. Yes, it it hurts to hear, but it is funny because it's true, and you cannot make that stuff up. Now, something else that isn't funny is cancer. <laughs> Nobody likes cancer. Even Deadpool does not like Way cancer. Way to be a downer there. I mean, that was a yes. slight shift. Yes. Well, you may, Zook, have seen some of these Deadpool promos that have been coming out. And I hate to say this. I hate to say this. Because if anybody's listened to the show for any amount of time, you probably know that I don't care for Deadpool. I think he's a very overrated character. And I hate Rob Liefeld, his creator. I'm starting to think I want to see the Deadpool movie. Uh and it's because of these types of little promos and PSAs that he's doing. Uh, they just recently released a, a PSA as part of the Touch Yourself Tonight campaign in which Deadpool encourages men to get checks for testicular cancer. And then he takes you through the process of how to actually check yourself. Um, it's freaking hilarious, but it actually does serve a purpose. Um, Serves an incredible purpose. Testicular cancer, um, I I have a bit of a history with it. Terrifying history. Um, That being said, I'm right there with you. I think I want to see this movie. Yeah, so go touch yourself tonight and see Deadpool on Valentine's Day, I guess. 
granted, I really actually just went to torrent the movie and watch it in privacy so I don't have to be around Deadpool fans in a theater. Just saying. Um, that is our show this week. If you want to give us feedback, please do. Please do. I may mock you, or I may not, or you may not mock me. It's all good. It's all dialogue. It's all discourse. Feedback at StolenDroids.com, or give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Write us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter. Um, plus us? Yeah, that's a thing. On Google+. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.